Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. This season is all about intentional comfort, and we'll be taking a look at the crossroads of the inspiration, intention, and action that you can take to bring more comfort and joy to your everyday. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 327 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week, I am so excited to be looking back on another one of the most downloaded episodes from season seven, and that is 10 things that will inspire more passion and joy in your work and life. Of course, this ties into that larger theme of intentional comfort that we've been looking at throughout season seven. And in this episode, I'm sharing some of the things that I've been doing over the last year to try and tap into more passion and more joy in my life. And some of those are great ideas from people like Brene Brown and revisiting your values. I had done that before, but it had never been as meaningful as it was earlier this year for me. And then I'm also looking at 10 additional ideas that you could use to inspire more passion and joy. And I know you all love it because we are all looking for ways to push the envelope on how to find more joy and comfort in the work that we do in this world. And maybe if you're reevaluating if a role is right for you, this is a great one to listen to because there are a lot of ideas of how you can get into touch with that for yourself. Before we get to the episode, I want to say thank you so much. Season seven has been so fun and I've really enjoyed producing all of these episodes for you. If you want to find out more about the show, you can find everything you need to know, including the show notes for this episode, over at jumpstartyourjoy.com. This episode will be up there on the homepage this week, and you can find resources, including the Living Our Values exercise and some other links there in the resources section of the show notes. And while you're there, you can sign up for my newsletter, which comes out about once a week. You could purchase my book, which is Jumpstart Your Joy, Heart-Centered Ways to Find Joy in the Messy Middle. And do you have some ideas of how you've reignited passion or joy around the work that you've done in this world? I would love to hear if you have. You can email me at jumpstartyourjoy at gmail.com or visit me on Instagram, jumpstartyourjoy, and comment on the post there that's up right now. I would love to hear how you have found some ways to bring more passion, more joy, more comfort into your life. So as we jump into this episode, I want to first talk about two things that I know come up for people as they start to think about the passion, their passion project, or the thing that they want to bring into this world. And one is around how we look at passion and creativity in today's society. And then I will share a list of 10 things you can do to get closer to following your passion every day. As we look at hobbies and following our passion, it's really important to know that just because you enjoy something, it doesn't mean that it has to lead anywhere. I feel like there's a lot of pressure for all of us to have a hobby, to do something that we love. And then oftentimes the next question out of someone's mouth is, oh, well, are you gonna sell that? And I know that comes up for me in another one of my passions, which is, making costumes. (laughs) And what I really love is like I made my son, I'll even put a picture of it, a BB-8 costume when he was small. And some people were like, oh, you should sell these. And while yes, we live in a capitalist society and oftentimes people are creating full businesses around crafts and things that they love to do. I also want to first preface this with It's also okay if that thing just becomes and remains a hobby that brings you joy. There's a lot to be said for something that is just what it is. It is play for play's sake. It is exploration and creativity for creativity's sake. 
And I want to encourage you, if there's something that you really love, but you feel like you have to, air quotes, take it to the next level, it's okay to let that thing be. There's a Liz Gilbert quote, and I'm just going to paraphrase it, but in Big Magic, which is one of my very favorite books about the creative process, she talks about how you shouldn't put the pressure on creativity to make it pay the bills. And in her book, she also talks about how for a while while she was starting writing uh, before Eat, Pray, Love, and maybe during that time as well, she was still working a day job, I believe, as a waitress so that she could explore writing and let it be creative for her. And it didn't put the pressure on the creativity to pay the bills. And I think that's really important. When I first started this podcast, I was working at something else and I didn't put the pressure on it to pay the bills. And I think that's one of the things that allowed it to grow. And I also know there's, (laughs) I even joke about this with a lot of people, but oftentimes when people start something out, you know, they have a really fun idea. And before they even let it get off the ground, they're in that brain space of, oh, but now I have to figure out how to create this thing at mass market scale so that I can make money doing it. And it often stops that thing right where it is. I make the joke of, you know, maybe you're interested in knitting like a doily. But before you even knit a first doily and give it a try, you're already in that headspace of, but I don't know how to make enough to sell it to Target, so I better just stop. And I would also say whatever it is, don't let yourself get into that kind of end thinking is what I call it, because it can stop you before you even start. So my story in becoming, (laughs) creating this business for myself and, and jumping into it, for those of you who are not completely familiar with what I do, I am a podcast producer and the shows that I produce are all with doctors in the health and wellness space and in that category for podcasts. And it's been really fun for me to figure out this niche. And it's been really fun to get to work with doctors, uh, female doctors who are doing amazing work and doing groundbreaking work within their industry where they're changing their industry from the inside out. And to get to do that with them has been really fulfilling for me. Now, while I don't want to focus on putting the pressure on your passion to pay the bills, Here are a couple of exercises that I found really helpful recently in looking at how do I move forward with my podcast and the work that I want to do in the world. And in my case, those two things aligned, and I have moved my business to be very closely aligned to my passion and what brings me joy. One of the things that I would recommend is that you do a values exercise. You know, this might be something you've done in the past, but if you're feeling like there's a lot of frustration for you in your day job, and I can relate, I think it would be very helpful to take a stab at looking at what your values are. And they could have changed. I think after you have had any kind of major life event, whether that be a relationship that started or ended, having a child, having a child move out, having any kind of loss, or having been through a pandemic, I think this is a really great time for all of us to do a values exercise. And I'll link up that Brene Brown has online. And I did this in the last couple months and found it to be very insightful. So my three key values, both for myself and the business, are integrity, magic, and expertise. So I say to do this now because then the other thing that I would like to suggest that you could do in looking back for me, this has been really insightful as well, look at what it is that you like and don't like about your current work, whether that be something that you're doing at a nine to five 
Or maybe you have your own business, but it's not lighting you up in the way that it used to. So in doing this exercise, I know my values, or I can define my values. And then looking back at those jobs that didn't feel like they fit me very well, especially those last two I was in advertising for a very long time and enjoyed it quite a bit. Now, I don't want to dive into absolutely every step I took on the way because this episode, of course, would be then 50 years long. But the thing that I can see is that the universe or fate or whatever will have it often starts to step in to show you, yes, you can follow your passion and you can create work around it that is meaningful for yourself. And Oftentimes, you just keep getting the same lesson again and again until you listen and realize, yes, this is possible. The 10 things that I would consider if you're looking at why you don't feel the same kind of passion around the work that you do in this world, one would be, the first one is introspection. Take some time, whether that be with a coach or a therapist or a journal or whatever it is, and really dig inside to see what's going on for you. I mentioned the values list and I'll link up to that. That might be a great place to start. Doing a pros and cons list like I did might be another great place to start. What's working for you in this space and what isn't? It's important that if you're feeling miserable, stuck, or just, you know, unhappy, figure out why. I know you can figure out a response to that for yourself that will lead you back to more joy. I can now see the pandemic gave me the hindsight to say, oh yeah, I'm actually pretty much an introvert. I get my energy from being by myself, although I really like being outgoing and talking to other people. And we get to hear from Heather Hall, who is a leadership coach for introverts, and we'll have a conversation with her about introverts in the workplace. And in reading her book, I realized like introversion had a lot to do with why I felt trapped in that role. I could also see from a mental health perspective After having been diagnosed with PTSD, my ability to handle stress became very different. And I also had a child with whom I would like to spend some more time with. (laughs) You heard this when I was talking to Lauren Artress, but I can't underscore this enough. I love the creativity of advertising, but I did get to this point where I was leading retreats, spiritual retreats on the weekends and helping create them for people. And then during the week, I would walk back into a workplace where I felt like I was telling people to buy, buy, buy. And there was an existential issue for me with that, where I was telling people how to unwind on one hand, and then I was winding them right back on the other. And so I felt very split and very disconnected from the work in that way. And I think if you can identify those little nuggets for yourself, you can also then identify how you can fill the passion side of it if you're feeling disconnected from your own passion in this work. The second thing is start moving and start working, whatever it is. Start taking the steps towards building the thing, even if you don't feel quite ready. I will admit that when I started a podcast, I tell some of my clients this, and some of them (laughs) can't believe it, but I didn't really feel like a podcaster until 30, 35 episodes in, and I did some really big interviews ahead of that. And so even though you don't feel ready, it doesn't mean you're not actually the thing. There's no one out here that's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're a podcaster now. No, you're a podcaster the minute you start recording. You know, you're a knitter the minute you start knitting. And you won't know how much you love something until you start it. It might be that it's not a fit at all. So the second one there is just start moving towards it and working on it. The third thing is let your passion stand on its own. And by that, it goes back to that quote by Liz Gilbert that I was talking about. Early on, just let it be the thing. Like if you love gardening, 
just go out and garden. Just go out and pull some weeds. If you love podcasting, just start a podcast and put it out there. Don't worry about finding a sponsor. You might realize, like myself, that you never actually want a sponsor, and that's okay. Don't put the pressure on this creativity or this passion to pay the bills yet. The fourth one is it's okay to make bold moves. I think oftentimes, especially when we're not quite sure of ourselves, it's easy to step back and be like, oh, I'm going to do this. But I'm not really going to tell anyone about it. I even had a blog once. No one knows the name of it. I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> but I was, I was so unsure of myself at that time that I didn't want people to know it was me. And I think some people do this too when they're in a job and maybe they're starting a side hustle or a creative journey on the side and they don't share it with people. But, you know, the people that you are closest to are the ones that are going to be your first listeners or your first readers or the first ones to admire your art. So make bold moves. There's lots of thoughts around this and it could be an entire episode in and of itself. I know Steve Jobs talks about or talked about failing forward or failing fast, meaning get the failure out of the way, like put out the thing, (laughs) see where the cracks are, and then improve on the thing that's not working. But you'll never know unless you have that first kind of messy version out there. And Barbara Sher, which we talked about as multi-passionate, as someone who's influential in the multi-potentialite, multi-passionate world, would also talk about like really no job that you ever take is a fail. Even if you don't like it, you're learning something about yourself. And so I think taking that to heart has always been helpful to me because it's made it all right for me to try many different things. The fifth one is that it is okay to go back to something. And I say this because there was a time at which I left the corporate world. I had saved up. And for a whole year, I supported myself and my family on that savings. Imagine that. And I was a life coach and a podcaster. And at November, December, I realized I can't pay the bills. This isn't good. This doesn't continue to work. I don't have enough clients. And at the time, I came to grips with the fact that project management was a blessing because it was something that there was a need for and a demand for. And I could see a bunch of jobs for. And so I went back. And it was very interesting because I went back to a job that really ended up being a safety net and a training ground at the same time. But the thing I'm saying here in number five is it really is okay to go back to something. At the time, I had to battle that thought of, is this like I'm letting myself down or I didn't make it? But no, it proved to me that this skill set will always be here for me. I can always return or continue to be a project manager in a corporate setting if I want to. So that was a blessing and a really lovely thing for me to learn. Number six is notice when you've had enough. That could be in the case of the business that's not working. I'd had enough. I needed to go find something else. It could also be in the case of the day job. If you've just had enough, acknowledge that. I think a lot of people get stuck in that space of, oh, but it's so hard to find something new. Or you go back and forth in that, like, this is horrible and I can make this work. (laughs) And I think if you really are at that place where you've had enough, start to work on finding the next thing. Start to work on building the next thing if that's where you're at. The seventh one is when you're on the journey, look for the pivot. And of course, we all think of Ross, (laughs) of friends yelling pivot with the couch in the stairwell, not that kind of pivot. 
It's the pivot where you notice, in my case, you know, I was out there being a life coach and a podcaster. Now, if I had held really tight to this idea that, well, I'm a life coach and this is what I do, and no, podcasting isn't the business, then I would have stayed on the course. Who knows how it would have played out, but I would have stayed on the course of being a life coach. And I would not have possibly noticed that people were asking me about the other skill set that I now do full time. And so I think it's okay to acknowledge and move with that pivot. I call this and have done other episodes about it, but well-planned and loosely held. I planned on certain things, but I stopped to notice when the universe or fate or whatever it is was coming in to give me other clues about what I needed to do or I could do. And then it's a choice. Do I stay on air quotes course or do I make the pivot? And so I think Allow yourself to pivot. Don't be so attached to the end version of this thing that you have in your head that you don't make room to pivot. Eight goes very closely hand in hand. It's the gut reaction of follow what feels right. Way back, I kind of knew that at a certain point, I wished I could be a freelance project manager. I knew what I loved about that role and I knew what I wanted to do with it. So It took a lot of intentional thinking about what feels right, where I could decide to go, air quotes, back to being a project manager, or I could push forward into continuing on the life coach path. And what felt right was going back to what I knew, because I knew it was sustainable and I knew I could do it. Number nine, and this one's a little bit longer, so stick with me, the universe or fate or God or whatever you want to call this higher power will give you opportunities to show you that you can do it. Whatever it is, whatever this thing is that you're supposed to build, it will slowly show you what that is. And it will also give you the clues and the uh, proof points that you're the one to do it. And of course, this all is hindsight because hindsight is 2020. Although that hits different, doesn't it, now that we've been through 2020. Thank God that's in hindsight. But Looking back, you will always be able to see the truths of something that maybe you missed along the way. So in my history, I worked in early dot-coms, which was a great breeding ground to see like, you can do cutting edge stuff. It's fun. You enjoy it. You like being in places where you can figure out things that have never been done. But while I was going to work at many of those early dot-coms and some of my early project management jobs, I was listening to an early podcast on a literal iPod called the PM Podcast with Cornelius Fitchner. Someday I will have him on because, <laughs> because he was so influential in a lot of things for me. But I could see how listening to that early podcast planted a seed. I could see how he was crafting a show how he was tying in things. You know, he sold courses at the time. He was bringing in guests. It was a great model that worked and still works. And I'm grateful for having been able to listen to it so early. I can also see that having had difficult work environments and difficult bosses, in many ways, they were teaching me things about how I would never run a business and about what I really valued in people that I worked for. Both of those were really good, strong things to take forward as I'm looking to build my own business. I did become a certified life coach and worked through a lot of my own mental health issues. And I know in becoming a certified life coach, I learned a lot about the mental health side of things. I learned a lot about how to coach people 
And it's interesting to see how those two things then work really well with working with doctors. I also do have some background pharmaceuticals from advertising with Genentech. And I actually worked at a health and hospital system way back. I was a Y2K coordinator. Again, another topic for another show. But I saw the inner workings and the administrative operational sides of hospitals. So I understand that from the inside out as well. It's also a really, the universe showed me something very spectacular when I made the decision to, air quotes, go back to a nine to five job. I feel like that role was a training ground in a lot of ways for me because it was a freelance project management position, but as a full-time employee within a company. And so it showed me, look, there are opportunities for what this thing is that you've said that you wanted to do. It's almost like it served it up to me to say, oh, you said you wanted to be a freelance PM. What about this? Is this what you mean? And it was a yes and. This is what I mean. And interestingly, because isn't this always how this works? At the time that I accepted that job, my now client was literally five minutes. (laughs) Her office is five minutes from that location. And so when we started talking about, okay, how do we get together to record? Because we used to record in a studio and do video pre-COVID. That was also five minutes from where I was. So it meant I could leave the shift at the freelance PM job to go do my second freelance PM job. But it was right there. There's no way that was, that's not just happenstance. There's something divinely inspired about how that landed for me. And so I think it was this yes and. Yes, here's the project management position you asked for. And here's something else. What about, is this what you want? And that little nugget was the kinds of clients that I work really well with. I think in the past, especially around a creative pursuit, a lot of the jobs in advertising, the client doesn't really articulate what they want and they don't really understand process the same way that you need to understand a workflow to get projects done. But doctors work very differently. And I really appreciate that about them because it's oftentimes very cut and dry, like this and this and this, and they have to make decisions all day long. And so they're very good at also making creative decisions. And one more thing about that thing about the universe will teach you things as you're ready to learn them is I really do think that kind of that going back to being a PM and then being a full-time business owner during the pandemic My business actually grew a lot during a pandemic, which was really lovely because it was almost as if I like to think that the universe was saying, look, you can do this. My greatest fear had always been that I would not be able to provide for my family, especially covering the healthcare piece. But when I had gotten through the year 2020, I had covered all of our bills, I had paid for our health insurance, and we had money left over. It was as if the universe, I mean, the message I took, this is, I'm not trying to center myself on this at all, but the message for me from that year was, look, you can do this. You can do this in a year that's not a pandemic. You can do this in a year that is a pandemic, and you can do this. It gave me a new sense of confidence and also the knowing <laughs> that I could go back to something else if I needed to. Number 10, the universe will give you more when you're ready. Sometimes it'll give you more when you're not quite ready, but that gives you the sense that maybe you're not. But in my own case, um, one, in articulating who my niche is, now I've gotten more inquiries, which is very exciting. I've also been given some very clear <laughs> challenges by the universe. One client, it it was clear after speaking to them that their office 
was much closer to many of the kinds of relationships that I knew in working with advertising clients than it would be with the other clients that I have, meaning they wanted, they're very focused on the bottom line. They already had distinct ideas on what it would mean to have a podcast and how to market their business, et cetera. They weren't really looking for an expert, which as my values, expertise, and they just wanted bottom line, a cheap deal. <laughs> and that doesn't work for me. Like, so that was like the universe is like, here's more. And I know that's not what I want. And so I've said no to that one. And in the same week of saying no to that one, another client appeared that's a potential that looks like another great match for the stuff that I do. And I would like to think that it's because I'm ready for the next thing. So thank you, universe. And I'm going to throw in bonus number 11, because isn't that always how this, how this works? Because it's kind of 10 plus. Sometimes, just like with that, that potential client that wasn't a fit, sometimes you will get served up more, but not that spot on. And I think that is another challenge to say, okay, is this what you want? Is this what you want? And sometimes maybe it's that you're, you know, you're manifesting something. And so I think it helps you get clear on the thing that you want and the thing that's closer and more aligned to what you're passionate about. And it's okay to say no. And it's actually a really big growing step to say no to business that isn't a fit because it's saying I'm so clear on what my mission here is and what my passion is and how they're aligned in this life that I feel confident in the things that I'm doing and I'm going to say no to this opportunity that isn't quite right. And that that's a risky move. I'm okay, you know, and I know I can I can say no. And I also know that in saying yes to the right things, that passion gets to play out again and again and again. And all of this takes understanding what your passion is, how you can bring it about, and following these 10 steps to get there. Thank you for tuning in this week. It's so fun to be looking back at some of these most loved episodes. And I love revisiting the ideas that I had, especially around intentional comfort. If you want to find those resource links along with the Living Our Values exercise that Brene Brown created and some of the other things I talked about, like Heather Hall, Lauren Artress, those are all in the resources section of the show notes. You can find them on your app if you tap through, or you can find them on the website, jumpstartyourjoy.com. If you're not yet following Jumpstart Your Joy, be sure and hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Or share this with a friend. It's a great way to help them maybe find a little more passion, a little more joy, especially if they are frustrated with where they're at in the world right now. Next week on the show, we are at the finales. I always do two each year, which is also my season. It's the full year of a season, which is a little intense sometimes. But next week, I'm going to be doing the top 10 countdown. It's always so interesting to see what pops into the top 10 and what resonates with all of you. So I'll do a little recap of each and do it, you know, David Letterman style. We'll start with 10 and work our way to the most downloaded. And then I'll do part two of my own finale where I really take a last look at intentional comfort. There's been a lot of themes that have come out of all of these great discussions, and I love to summarize it and give a wrap up for each season. So I hope you'll come on back for those too. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy. 